This is uh, Paul Schneiderman today on the 129th edition of Sports Untold Podcast, also on Rainier Avenue Radio based in Seattle. And my special guest today is NBA legend uh, Bill Cartwright. Bill, real quickly, um, I see online that you're, that you're, is your legal name James? Uh, it's your, it's, it's James William Cartwright. Um, my father's name was James. And his father's name was William. So I ended up with uh, James William. But I have uh, six sisters, and they did not like me being called James or James Jr. Uh, so it's uh, it's all them. They, they, they said Bill. There's six of them. So Bill. So calling you Bill is okay then? Hey, absolutely. I, I had no... Uh, I had no decision in that. Okay. Want to make sure. Want to make sure. Well, Bill, I'll get back to you in a minute. I want to mention I have a new assistant and producer, Olivia Coyne. Olivia's, uh, I've known her family for a long time, and uh, Olivia is doing a great job. And my podcast is now also on Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Podbeam. You can go to sportsuntoldpodcast.net. Um, just trying to, to work on getting things going even more here. Feel free to click on the like button, and uh, you can check out my show on some of the outlets I mentioned. Well, Bill, let me get back to you. Uh, Mr. Cartwright had a very distinguished NBA career. He played for the Knicks, the Bulls, and played for the Sonics for a short time. A University of San Francisco graduate, member of their Hall of Fame. Um, Bill's been a coach in the NBA. He's been a head coach and assistant. He's also coached in, I believe, Japan and Mexico. Um, Bill, I really appreciate you coming on today. Our, our mutual friend, Bill Hogan. Bill's a good friend. And I got to know Bill as the Seattle U athletic director, and he's now um, he's been on my show before. He he was the USF athletic director, and Bill was the one who kindly got us connected. And I appreciate coming on the 129th edition of the Sports Untold podcast. Yeah, you know I uh, I've always been really fortunate, and um, you know even growing up, I grew up in a really small town. Um, I see no town. It was um, probably 15 miles south of uh, Franklin. Uh, we know you don't know where that is, but uh, that's where I went to grammar school. And my dad was a farm laborer and um, but, uh, ended up going to Little Elk Grove High School. And uh, that's what I really learned to play, work. Uh, you grew up on a, on a ranch, you had to work really hard. And... Uh, fortunately, when I was 13 years old, we ended up moving into South Sacramento, and I discovered people, and I could ride my bike, I could go to the park, and there was a 7-Eleven. So it was either play sports or go to work. So I ended up playing a lot of sports, baseball, basketball, football. Baseball was my favorite. I was a pitcher, if you can imagine. So um, really loved it, and... I uh, had a pretty uh, challenging high school coach uh, in basketball. So I ended up playing uh, a, a ton of basketball, uh, scarily. Uh, I really liked it. Um, you know, to be able to play basketball uh, pretty much uh, six and a half days a week uh, throughout my high school career. And uh, I was very fortunate. We had great teams. My team, when I was a junior we were 30 and 0 that year and my team when i was a senior we ended up winning the northern california championship um 
So I just learned a lot of great lessons about how to work, about what winning is all about. If somebody tells you you can't win them all, you tell them, uh, nah. I don't think it's accurate because I think in my junior year, we did win them all. So um, you just learned a lot of great lessons about work and about humility because there's always somebody better. Uh, I was never really an athletic kid. I was kind of the guy, kind of guy that had to work more, do more, uh, shoot more shots. And I was really, uh, as I would say, really well rehearsed and, uh, in, in, in my basketball game. So, um, that's what it was all about. And then once I got to USF, that was another level of, of play. I had a great coach with, uh, Bob Gaylord and Bob actually played at USF was a really good player. And, uh, played against guys, uh, Kevin Rastani, who was an NBA player, uh, Eric Fernstein, who ended up being one of my teammates in New York, and played against uh, Bill Smith. And Phil went to USF and uh, ended up playing for the Warriors. Starter, uh, that's when they won a championship back in 75, so... Uh, just to meet those guys and play against them and play against guys from Oakland like Howard Smith, uh, who was a beast of a guy. Uh, he was he was pretty much my mentor. He was about 6'9", big burly kid, and basically beat me up every day. And I really learned a lot from him. So it was just a great... Uh, I just been really fortunate throughout my entire career being able to play, have great guys to learn from, great coaches to learn from, other players to learn from, uh, and that kind of propelled me into the uh, NBA. You know, I was going to ask you, Bill. You, you you did a great job giving more about your background, about kind of how you got the basketball bug. But one thing we just learned is is baseball was your favorite sport though growing up, right? Yeah, I, I had these great visions of, of playing baseball, and I could throw really hard, fastball, curveball. Um, and, of course, I was really well rehearsed because I was a psycho athlete because I wanted to play all the time. And, you know, I could hit. And it was more out of the fact that I practiced more and played more than anything else. I'm not sure I had more talent. But then, miraculously, uh I wasn't pitching this day, but I was playing first. And this guy, uh, I still remember, he was he ended up going to high school with him. This guy, Dennis Forenza, ended up playing uh, um, super pro bat baseball. He had, he was a lefty. He had a home run to right field. Wow. And I turned around and I watched it. And I was thinking at that moment, there is no way in hell I can hit a ball that far. Yep. Looks like basketball for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Bill, you know, I got a little fun little factoid for you. Feel free to challenge me on this. I believe you're the second tallest person ever be on my show. My old friend James Donaldson's been on my show, and he's listed 7'2", and you're listed 7'1". Is, is James a little taller than you, Bill? James is taller. Okay. I... Um... I, I always say I'm about seven foot. I actually played in, 
I don't know if James told you, but James and I actually played. James from Sacramento. That's right. And That's right. He, he and I were in the same conference. So, and James is exactly my age. So, uh, we played against each other in, in, in high school. And he was a beast. Now, he, by saying that, you know, he was really raw. But he was big. He was well over 300 pounds. So, we were pretty much scared to death of him. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's so a big, he's uh, a big he's a big teddy bear deep down though. You know, so. yeah, no, he's he's a phenomenal guy. Yeah, um, yeah. I got to know each other, and I, I I've spoken with him as a matter of fact this last year. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, good. Um, you know, so yeah, he has told me, and he's one of the first guys who now I can't do this. He can touch the rim like on his tippy toes. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's what I said. Wow. I can't do that. <laughs> so that's, he, that's incredible. Fun, fun. I didn't know. I wasn't aware of your guys' specific connections there, but I just thought I had fun and confirm that James has you by an inch and a half or so. But that, that that's fun. Bill, you have a real tie to University of San Francisco. You, you I, I believe you work there um, on their, I don't, know, I don't know if I'm defining it right. I think you remember their faculty, but, but why don't you just tell us about your ties to University of San Francisco? Maybe a couple of good memories you had playing there, one or two that maybe stand out. I'm sure you have more of it. Just tell us about your ties to the institution, a couple of memories that stand out when you played there. Well, I think the big thing is that uh, when we were there, we, you know, I had, a, had a great teams when I was a sophomore with the number one team in the country most of the year. Uh, you know, I had great teammates. I had uh, played with uh, uh, guys who went to the NBA with with me. Uh, James Hardy with the Boynes, Marlon Redmond, Chubby Cox. So we had really good teams. After I left school, I had always had really stayed connected with the school, whether it was to the president. Uh, at that time, it was Father Loschiavo. And then later on, it would be uh, Father Paul Fitzgerald, who's a uh, amazing leader, amazing person. Um, and so when I when I got done playing in my career, uh, I ended up going to New York, um, Chicago, Phoenix. Uh, came all the way back. Uh, I ended up. I, I wanted to be a businessman, so out of my all of my genius, I decided, hey, look. Uh, you know, uh, I had investigated all these things. So now the business I wanted to do, I wanted to be a McDonald's owner. So so I was going to McDonald's U. Uh, and then at that point, uh, the GM from the Bulls called me up, Jerry Krause, asked me if I wanted to coach. And uh, originally, I was thinking, nah. But then after a while, I came all the way back and uh, – he basically talked me into coaching, and so I ended up coaching uh, the Bulls, uh, Nets, Phoenix. So I, I ended up really coaching. I, I played for 16 years, and I ended up coaching for 16 years. Uh, so after coming all the way back from that, and my Japanese experience and my experience with Mexico, I ended up all the way back at USF and uh, kind of being able to get back. Uh, so I really work at development, and what's that? Development is uh, is fundraising, uh, but I'm director of initiatives, and that really entitles me to be connected to every single program and be 
being able to be active and anything that could be useful. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of alumni connecting. Uh, I've been able to be back to school. Uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, you forget how much energy the young people have and it kind of gives you some juice, some power. You kind of feel pretty good when you're walking around campus because people are alive there. They have energy and thought. They have, they have some different thoughts, but they have some thoughts. Very good. Well, USF's a great school. It's great. I'm sure the institution feels so fortunate having you back there. Bill, you played for the New York Knicks for many years. And uh, why don't you share with us your first NBA game? What was it like? My first NBA game, uh, I remember it exactly. Um, I think we played Philly. Uh, I played against uh, Daryl Dawkins. And I can remember him coming over to me and looking right at me. And he said, don't worry about me. I'm not that tough. And I thought about that for a second. And I thought, do I really look that scared? <laughs> uh, but it was great. It was great. You know, I played against him and... Uh, Dr. J was on the floor, and one of my most memorable things about that game is that I, I, I think I actually blocked Doc's shot. So I was like, "Wow, I was pretty, I was pretty impressed with myself that I blocked his shot." So wow. uh, I'm not sure we won the game, but it didn't matter. It was my first game, so I was really excited. I love the Gerald Dawkins part of that story of your first game. That's fun. That's fun. Bill, you know, you play in the Big Apple, uh, New York City. W was it hard being a young guy playing in a big market? Do, do, do you think it's easier for, for players to play maybe in smaller markets when they start their careers? Tell, tell me about that a little bit. Uh, you know, for me, I wasn't really focused on that because I was such a basketball junkie that it didn't, I, didn't, I don't really care where I play. Uh, New York was fun for me. When we first moved there, we lived in uh, really West New York, which is right across the Hudson. So we lived in Jersey. And then later on, we ended up moving. My wife and I moved back, Sherry moved back, moved into the city. 83rd second, and it was, it was just a new world, man. Uh, you had theater, you had, uh, you know, you had all these great places to eat. Uh, you had the Garden, you had the Yankees, you had the Mets, you had... Uh, yeah, and everything. So, you know, you're in your early, early 20s. You, you got a lot of juice. You can do a lot of different things. And uh, and plus, you're playing basketball. And, uh, think about this. My first coach was uh, Red Holtzman. So, uh, you know, a lot of lessons learned from Red. And, uh, you know, now my teammate is, uh, I got Earl Monroe as a teammate. I've got Marvin Webster, the human racer. He's my teammate. Uh, guys like Joe C, Merriweather, and Mike Glenn, who, uh, you know, those kind of guys. And we had some crazy guys, too. We have Michael Ray Richardson, who, uh, as you know, uh, sugar, sugar can get a little crazy. And uh, Ray Williams, who's probably one of the most athletic guys I, I ever played with, along with Toby Knight, who was one of the first big uh, uh, small forwards, like 6'9", small forward ever in basketball. And, uh, 
my younger teammates were uh, Larry Deming from Arizona and uh, Hollis Copeland's Rutgers and Jeff Houston's from Texas Tech. And then uh, we had, of course, Sly Williams, who's, uh, you know, Sly was quite the character, but uh, everybody loved that dude. So uh, it was it was fun. We were young. It was fun. You know, there was no fear. What do we got? What do you be worried about? We're playing basketball for a living. You know, you mentioned Marvin Webster. I remember him in uh, Seattle. He 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 was on that '78 uh, Seattle team that went to the the championship. I, you know, Bill, I was going to ask you a, a specific question about playing for the late Red Holtzman, um, Hall of Fame coach. What what were some lessons you learned from Red? Red just wanted you to play. He, he, he just wanted you to play, and his thing was men should be men, and. Uh, you know, you, we, we played at a time there wasn't a lot of uh, you, you learn more, more by doing, especially that year because Marvin got hurt. So I was I was happy when he was there because he could kind of tell me what to do, especially offensively. I was fine. I'm going to score. Defensively, I couldn't guard anybody. So when Marvin was around, I, I couldn't guard anybody. It was, it was, uh, uh, but, but Red understood that. He was like, yeah, you got to learn by doing. Uh, you got to be able to look out at guys and find out what their games is. Uh, there was no, it wasn't back now where there was scouting reports. There was no film on games. You just played. Uh, so everything was pretty blue collar. Uh, think about this. Everything was a commercial flight. So if you did any flying around, it was a commercial plane and you had to be the first bird out of town. Uh, if there's any back-to-back games, uh, you're up at 4, 30, 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, it was just, uh, it was bare bones. And, I, and also, there was no, uh, there's no Ritz hotels either. Right, right. Um, you know, and I, I still remember, I think my per diem was uh, like $15 a day. Wow. And uh, we, we used to eat at Denny's. Denny's, and I loved it because I think my um, that I like I love the Superbird special and Denny's. It was it was awesome. So it was it was a bare bones league then. So it was uh, it was fine. I've been a Denny's guy over the years too. It's it's just really something like when you guys play in the seventies and eighties. It was like you said, it was more of a blue collar era. Now these guys are treated more like kings, aren't they? You know, so. oh, these guys get everything now. These guys have got practice facilities. They're, uh, you know, I, I love going into practice and watching them. They're, you know, their workout areas are beautiful. Weights. They got jacuzzi. They got pool. They got masseuses. Uh, uh, and then, you know, in the Bulls facility, they got a barbershop in there. Oh my, so, gosh. oh my gosh! It's 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 crazy, you know. We used to practice over at uh, in uh, in in Queens at Laguardia Community College, and I can pretty much promise you, whatever temperature it was outside, that's the temperature it was inside. Right, 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 right. Bill, you played with with um, with the Knicks, I believe, for a couple of years with Bernard King, and some say Bernard King is one of the best players not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, do you think Bernard King has a good Hall of Fame case? No, I think Bernard is in the Hall of Fame. Oh, he is in the Hall. Okay, okay, my yeah. bad. My bad. As, he should, as, as, as he should be. Bernard was a. Uh, my bad. A, when we had him in New York, Bernard was a uh, 
Uh, it was just a really horrible matchup because he's like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, uh, really strong. So if you put a smaller guy on him, he's just going to beat him up. If you put a bigger guy on him, he's just going to go around him. And he's really unorthodox. So he shoots the ball on the way up. Uh, he's a nightmare matchup. So uh, I, I really enjoyed playing with him. I really learned a lot from preparation from this guy. Um, he was one of the first guys in the league that would like go get massages. And, uh, you know, he had his uh, pregame drinks he used to drink. I'm not sure what was in him, but uh, just to give him energy. And his focus was so amazing. Uh, so I, I, I learned a lot of uh a lot about them, you know, just about preparation and, and mentally what you should do. So it was fun. I guess if I can retro my question, I guess I could, I could, I made a mistake that he is a Hall of Fame. I guess my question could have been, why is he underrated as a player, Bernard King? I guess maybe that'd be a better question. I don't think he's underrated by the guys who played against him. Uh, you can't gauge anything about people now because people only know who they know. So, I think the guys who played against Bernard, they they understood how, how damn good that guy was. Uh, and uh, and then remember, after he was one of the few guys that had back, back-to-back 50-point games, and then after that, you remember, he, he um, tore his knee up. So he was basically done after that. So his career was really kind of cut short. And so, you know, I'm sure he would have scored another, who knows, 10,000 points <laughs> had he have stayed healthy. But he, but he did get hurt uh, in New York. What was it like playing with Pat Ewing? Patrick was great. You know, uh, it was uh, – well, people ask me that because, of course, I was the starting center and I get Patrick. And, and uh, I can remember the first – day of training camp we were doing this drill and uh, I uh, ended up running in the back and hit him in the lip and busted his lip so Patrick had to go to the uh, go to the hospital and get his lip stitched up and the next day I I, uh, I call him over and say hey Patrick look you know we're both aggressive players um you know, we're going to have some contact. We, you know, the only thing we could do is just work with each other and try to take care of each other and learn from each other. And since that day, we've been really, really, really good friends because after, after that, he says, good, I'm happy you told me that because I thought you did that on purpose. <laughs> that, that's neat, Bill, how you how you made that reach out to him. It's just part of the game, nothing personal. So that was... You know, uh, but Magic's a great... I can't emphasize that enough. He's a great guy, great person, um, you know, and, and also here's another guy that he just works, he just worked his way in. But when we first got him, Patrick couldn't shoot. And uh, throughout the course of his career, he made himself into a really, really, really good scorer, a really good shooter, uh, Hall of Fame player. So all, all the credit to him. Love it. Love hearing your your personal experiences on these moment NBA players. Bill, you played on, I believe, three. Do I have this right? Three Bill uh, Bulls championship teams. Yeah. 91, 93. Make sure I have my facts right. I'm going to be careful. Um, 
Uh, what was your favorite of those of those three Bulls championship teams? Probably, probably the first one. The first one was great because, um, you know, I think I had been in the league uh, like 11 years, and we I had never been in a position to play for a championship. We ended up uh, overcoming the dreaded Detroit Pistons, and then we had uh, and then we ended up beating uh, the Lakers and winning our first championship. But it was. Uh, you know, it was it was quite a long road, and you know, once again, I was really very fortunate to be a part of uh, a really special team. Uh, the GM at the time, Jerry Krause, uh, evidently saw something in me, in me and ended up uh, training for me. A very popular player, Charles Charles Oakley, and I ended up. Uh, being there, my first coach when I got there was Doug Collins, and then Phil Jackson took over. And after that, it took uh, we lost the business in both those years, and then after that, uh, we just really kind of took off. So that first championship was was definitely special. It, I was was a long time coming. It was really hard, but uh, a lot of uh, perseverance. Great teams. Bill, I got a question from the audience. Uh, Mike uh, Gustafson's an attorney colleague in front I know, and Mike Mike wants to get your take on this. Uh, Mike believes the teams you were on, the first repeat Bulls teams in the 90s, the 91 to 93 championship Bulls teams you were on, were actually better than the second repeat Bulls teams from 96 to 98. What's your take? Which which of those three-peat um, squads were better. Mike thinks the team you were on was better. I have no idea. You know, and, and you know, the reason I say that is because uh, nobody knows. It's, it's you know, you're, you're always really optimistic. Everybody, if you're on a championship team and you ask somebody, could your team beat this other team? You're like, of course. <laughs> Because at that team, we were at that point in time, we were playing the best basketball. We had the best team. Uh, we were the most versatile team in the league. Uh, so would we have beaten them? And yeah, yeah. Even though uh, that team that did win the fourth championship, I think they set the NBA record for games one. Uh, when they beat Seattle. So I think they make probably a pretty good case uh, for winning that. But uh, every single team that I played on uh, was pretty damn good. They were pretty formidable and could play full-court basketball and could play in a half-court basketball. And then, better yet, they could really guard your ass at the end of the game. So, uh, tough question, but... Uh, that team that did win 70-plus games, I think that they, uh, they 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 probably make the strongest case. I know those are difficult hypotheticals, you know, like which team would be better, but it's still a fun question and, and hearing from you with your first-hand experience playing for the, the 91 to 93 championship teams, it's uh, it's an interesting perspective. Yeah, that team went uh, 72 and 10, I think, in 96, 95. Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, they, they were good. Dennis Rodman is sure, sure a character I remember on that team, you know, so. Um, yeah, 
Dennis was and, and still is a character. That's right. That's right. Another question I got from, from the audience, uh, Phil, uh, Jason Billingsley, big NBA fan. Uh, Jason was wondering, Bill, if your career, he thought that you, your talent never waned, but, but your knees uh, got became more trouble. Is that a good way to break it down? Is Jason onto something? No, you know, I was really fortunate that, you know, I was able to play 16 years in the NBA. Yeah. Um, Besides my foot injury that put me out for like a year and a half, I never had any real significant uh, injuries. So, um, you know, it was interesting when I got to the Bulls, um, I would be shut down. And that was more so guys like Will Produce, Stacey King, Scott Williams could play more minutes. Uh, so, so when you look at um, what I was doing then, was that like at the end of the season, second half of the season, I didn't play a lot of games. Um, that wasn't my choice. <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, Jerry Cross and Bill, hey, it's a good time. We take a little time off and I get ready for the playoffs. So, uh, and the end, and also it is kind of interesting too. Is that when I remember when I came in the league, I was a scorer. Uh, when I was with the Knicks, and that's and that's what I did. So, but my role changed when I went to the Bulls. I go from being a scorer uh, to a defender. It was like, well, we don't need for you to score. We got players scoring. We just need for you to guard. So, uh, and that was part of it too. Uh, I would have loved to have the ball more, but uh, that 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 wasn't my job at the time. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But my knees and everything, yeah, whatever it took to get the job done, that's, that's what I kind of did. The blue-collar spirit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, was, was Jordan the best you ever played with or against in the NBA, if you had to pick one? I think that's a really hard question. Is he the best guy that I've ever played with? Yeah, that dude had a lot of talent, man. Uh, he's probably one of the first guys that I played against that can't, couldn't be double team. He just split on, go right to the basket. Uh, but I never played against Walt Chamberlain. I've never played against the young Dr. J. I hear a lot of stories about him and I read a lot about him where this guy was like unstoppable. Um, so I didn't play against Kareem when he was young. I know he was just throwing up 30 points a game. So I never played to worry about Bill Russell. Uh, I know they, there was a lot of fear about it. So, but yeah, I can say as far as the guys in my generation, he's probably he's probably the uh, best basketball, the best talented basketball player. Which that doesn't make it the best basketball player. Uh, 
you know, I can tell you it was on my list, the best basketball players, and they're all big guys, as you would imagine. Surprise. <laughs> and that's Bill Russell, that's Kareem, and that's Will. And that's basically because those guys did things that will never be done again. 11 championships, 13 years. You got a guy averaging 50 points. Guys averaging 50 points a game. 50. That's not going to happen. And then you got Kareem. Kareem's nobody did what that guy could do. You know, college, NBA. So, um, that's uh, those are my three. Love it, love it. By the way, Bill, you and you and uh, the late Bill Russell also have a University of San Francisco tie. Did you know him very well, the late Bill Russell? You know, I I did not know Bill well. Uh, I did. Well, I was it was able to spend some time with him. Uh, he, of course, is phenomenal to me. Um. Great guy, great person, always extraordinarily positive. Um, I just wish I would have spent more time with them just talking about the league and uh, just some different things socially, just to get his thoughts that way. But uh was just never in a real position, uh, at least to get him alone one-on-one. But... Uh, but yeah, that dude, uh, that dude's really, really special dude, not only for our school, for the league, who he represented, uh, what he stood for. Um, just a really special person. Very iconic figure during the civil rights era. And a very, very, uh, very deep guy, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Very similar to, uh, actually, uh, Green was very similar to him in just being outspoken for people who could not speak for themselves. So that's so when you talk about the greatest of all time, I think that that you have to uh, embrace more than basketball because that's what sports is. It's more than a sport. It's uh, it's it's one of the few things that people who are different. Uh, politically, uh, religious-wise, uh, in every different way, you're different. Uh, you can still like the same basketball team, and it's, it's or the same sport. It's really, uh, it's really the only thing that really encompasses uh, and brings everybody together. For sure, Bill. This may be a good lead now with some of your feedback you have on Bill Russell and Kareem. And I've asked these two questions to every guest the last couple of years, and I get a phenomenal answers. My first question is, who's a living sports figure you'd love to interview or spend time with? And who's a deceased sports figure in history you would love to have spent some time with or interviewed? Um, you know, I like I like big guys. So I never, even though he was around, he was older, I never had a chance to spend time with uh, George Mikan. Uh, and I would have liked to have had some of his thoughts that way. Uh, you know, the interesting thing now is that uh, the guys you're talking about now, um, I do have access to them. <laughs> so I'm not sure if there's anybody really now uh, 
you know, because when I did go, when I was in New York, you know, I, I did get a chance to talk to Ali and George Foreman and, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it was fun with different sports. Uh, you know, I did uh, chat with Howard Cosell, who called me Seth Cartwright instead of, I'm like, why are you calling me Seth? <laughs> oh, that's an old football player. And, uh, you know, the reality is, is that he was, you know, drinking it up a little bit. Right, so, right, right. Um, you know, and, you know, I was fortunate that, you know, a lot of the um, Sacramento is a big baseball area. So a guy that I chat with during the summer is Dusty Baker. And that's 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 a lot of fun because it's a lot of baseball history. So if I need to know something about a player or a guy, you just ask him. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to spend time with, um, I was at an event in New York. So if you can imagine, I was in a room for two hours by myself with Willie Mays. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I grilled him. I grilled him in New York wow. and San Francisco and uh, just those kind of guys. And, you know, to be able to chat with uh, Willie McCovey before he passed and, uh, I'm, I'm a big Giants fan. Uh, it was just, uh, you know, and actually I had a chance to go in when earlier when I was young to spend some time with Bobby Bonds. Not Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonds, which is really cool. Uh, so. Is there somebody in, you know, you, you mentioned as a deceased sports figure, I love the name George Mikan, and you maybe heard that story that I think Shaquille O'Neal helped pay for George's funeral. I think yeah. that's yeah. a great story that Shaq uh, did that. But I love the name George Mikan. No one had mentioned his name before on my show. Um, Willie Mays, who's still with us. I mean, these are just phenomenal names. Is there somebody, though, maybe in sports management, maybe like an owner or a general manager, executive, you would find interesting to spend time with? Well, it's too late now, but I, you know, and I should have at the time, but I was young, wasn't thinking because Pete, Pete Rosell is a USF guy. Oh, I didn't know so, that. Yeah. So if you can imagine, you know, Pete, let's talk a little bit about how in the hell did that happen? How do you go from USF to, to having, uh, you know, this great title, uh, in the uh, NFL, I mean, you could have gotten everything you wanted from professional football with this guy. Roselle, I mean, fast. Bill, you know, you played, and, and I remember watching you. I um, the ninety four ninety five Sonics year was in the Tacoma Dome. It was kind of an odd year. Was that and that was your final year in the NBA? Was that an odd year for you too? That the Sonics were playing the Tacoma Dome, and it was your final year. Was that was that just kind of a strange year? It was strange, and it was it was disappointing in the extent that I, we didn't get to play downtown. And also, uh, our team was really good. I was really disappointed in the fact that we played really well throughout the course of the season. Of course, we had Gary, Sean, uh, we had Deadlift Shrimp, we had Nate McMillan. Uh, man, we were good. We had Sam Perkins. Are you kidding me? We had a really good team. We had Shooters, Marshallonis, Kendall Gill. And we ended up getting beat in the first round by the Lakers. And so, um, 
but for me, I learned a lot, a great lesson uh, as a team, because even though we were a good team, we never continued to grow uh, the course of the season. We played fewer players uh, in the playoffs, uh, which was contradictory to my time with the Bulls. So it was a good lesson for me. Um, uh, I love Seattle. Playing there was phenomenal. What a great city. What a, you know, to be able to go out and eat, hang out, and, and, and do that kind of stuff was, was, was fun. And, uh, you know, George Carl was my coach, and, uh, you know, Terry Stotts was there, and uh, we had a great coach staff. So just a lot of great lessons. And it was uh, it was fun, but uh, but after that, my career was done. Well, Bill, you, you have some Sonics blood in you, and we we embrace our late team. And and by the way, do you feel you feel pretty good that Seattle will get an NBA team back this decade? There's a lot of talk. Do you have any insights at all you can share? I don't have any insights other than what the heck are they doing? They should have uh, never never lost them. Seattle's a great town, I and mean, they definitely deserve. Uh, deserve to have a basketball team. So uh, hopefully they'll get one back and, uh, um, you know, and no, no disrespect to, uh, uh, you know, teams like OKC and Memphis, but I'd much rather be <laughs> in, a, in, a, in, a, in Seattle than, uh, uh, than in either one of those two cities. Gotcha. Well, hopefully, Bill, if we get a team back, you can be with some former players in the stands. I I, I can see a celebration one day of, of uh, hopefully that will happen. Uh, Bill, who's the toughest player you played against in the NBA? Someone that, maybe not the greatest player, but gave you a hard time. Well, you know, as a player, I never viewed other players that way at all because think about it you know like my first game i'll get daryl dawkins then i got bob O'Neill rolling in then i got dave cowens uh i got artist gilmore rolling in and you know what then i got what samsung coming in so i can view guys they're all tough guys and uh they're not not the dog tart yet so my thing is is that i'm i'm just coming I'm just coming one direction. I'm not worried about you. You worry about me, and we're just going to play. So, uh, because uh, every every team in the league had had a center or centers who were a problem. You know, I mean, if you went to Seattle, you got Alvin Adams, and then you got uh, Dan Essel in in Denver, and then you know what? You got Golden State. Now you got the uh, uh, Clifford Ray, and then at that point in time, your backup was Robert Parrish. He, it, believe me, he was very angry at that point uh, when he came off the bench. So he was dying to play. And uh, I, I, I still tell Robert the story about, um, you know, when I was working, I said, you know what, Robert, you were the first guy to take a swing at me in the league. He said, no, I wasn't. I'm like, yeah, you were. You came off the bench, and uh, 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 we had a little confrontation. You took a swing at me. So, 
So it was uh, every team had, you know, it had somebody that was a problem. Tough, tough guys, tough guys. Bill, tell us, has the, the center positions changed a bit in basketball in general, hasn't it, over the last so many years? Yeah, there's, you know, basketball's changed. And it talks about there's there's no real center position. Well, there's no point guard either. And it's it's kind of a positionless league where anybody can bring the ball up. Anybody can shoot the ball from anywhere on the floor. There's very few, if and at all, post-ups uh, or elbow catches. Uh, it's just a different game right now, and it's uh, it is something that you you want to judge. And I, I try not to. Uh, you you you're kind of gonna anyway, but I, I I try not to. I try not to enjoy it because it's just a different game right now. So um, uh, I, I'm I'm a big believer that everything comes back around, uh, so that there 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 will be some post action later in the future. Some guy will come in and. They'll say, hey, we should be both doing some post-ups. And everybody will say, hey, that guy's a genius. Right. <laughs> hey, the post-ups are back in the game. Billy, got time for a few more questions? Sure. Great, great. You've been so generous of your time today, and I, I'm just loving, loving this. I, and I don't want to take up too much of your time. But what was your favorite – what has been your favorite coaching experience you've had? You've coached NBA teams. You've coached in Mexico and Japan. What was your favorite coaching experience? Well, you know, I was really very fortunate because uh, I, I was the head coach of the Chicago Bulls for a long time. Well, I mean, for a long time, for two years. And that was a great experience to have that. We had a young team and, you know, it's kind of like being able to play chess and try to figure out what's best and uh, how you got to get these guys better and, and then ultimately how you got to win. And so I had that experience. And then after that, that uh, uh, you know, assistant coach in Jersey and, and Phoenix, and then uh, had that opportunity to go to Japan, which was a, a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun to be able to go there. And uh, uh, I took over a team that was five and 19, and we were able to turn them. Uh, we ended up winning 10 games in a row, which is pretty big. And just missed the playoffs. That was really disappointing. But just missed the playoffs. But it was just too far. I couldn't uh, couldn't hang in Japan. And, uh, came all the way back, and then uh, then I had this opportunity to go to Mexico uh, to coach their national team. Uh, my advice: don't do that. So uh, they were exact opposite of the uh, Japanese, who were amazing. Uh, that league, they're very, um, um, everybody's pretty uh, pretty macho. So they, they want things their own way, just not, just not cooperative, get stuff done. So just just did not have that same experience. But, uh, um, you know, the big thing is that I think that I was able to learn both and things were good. Uh, and things were not so good. You could really learn a lesson of 
what's appropriate, what you should do, how to be successful, uh, how basketball is really universal throughout the world, uh, the things that work uh, with us in the 90s will work now. There's just not uh, a lot of people around to teach it anymore. Uh, all those great coaches that we used to have, fundamental coaches, those guys are all gone. So uh, hopefully the few of us that are left will be able to uh, make some kind, of, some kind of an impact on uh, on the guys that are playing now. So, Bill, you, you like coaching in Japan a lot more than Mexico is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah, just because uh, the, the guys were phenomenal who were there, and the guys in Mexico were really unwilling to be there, really because of the establishment. Interesting. Which guys, those guys still want to play. They're just not happy with uh, their management and what's going on. So uh, you can imagine um, – I'm on, the, I'm on the national team, and nobody wants to play. We can't get guys to play. They're like, they'll come in for a couple of days. They're like injured, or they got to go back home, and they, they just don't want to play for that team. Fascinating. But you've had, but you've had the Japanese players a lot more um, persistent, I guess. I, I, that's interesting. interesting. No, I just think that they – they're really anxious to uh, to learn. They got a great situation. Yeah, they got uh, great practice facilities. Uh, their management want them to do really well, uh, and they really do a great job working together. So it's just a complete different situation as far as the management and the players. You know, I've been in Japan, and baseball is very big there. Could you see basketball becoming maybe the, the second biggest sport in Japan one day? Do you, do you see it taking off there, Mark? Uh, no. <laughs> the number one sport is sumo. Sumo. Uh, but baseball is right there with them. They, they love baseball, and uh, they still have a different mentality about sports because uh, – Everything they do, they do it uh, a thousand percent. So if they're practicing baseball, it's all day. If they're practicing basketball, uh, it's, it's all day. And I, I don't think culturally they're not ready for that yet. Uh, basketball is not a top five sport. Now, but the people who <laughs> go to basketball games and they watch they're crazy basketball fans. It's like a college atmosphere. Uh, it's uh, the games are a lot of fun, a lot more fun than they go in our games. There, it's it's just a different mentality. And the baseball games are too. Going to a baseball game in Japan, it's it's ten times more energy than any major league game you're going to go to. It's just so much fun. I've heard that. Yeah, it's 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 great. So I, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, uh, just being there and being there culturally, and being there in the city, and how safe it is. And of course, as you know, when you're there, 
transportation is a train. The train is dominant, but it's really safe. You can see a grammar school kid going to school by himself. Right. Uh, and they're perfectly safe. So it's, uh, it's a different culture, uh, just different people, phenomenal people. Uh, I just really enjoyed my time there. The food's delicious, too. You know, Bill, you mentioned the, the dedication that a lot of these Japanese players had. I, I think, of, although he's not a basketball player, a baseball player, I think of Ichiro Suzuki. My gosh, was was that man dedicated to his craft. I mean, just so intense, Ichiro. You never, I mean, the the, the practice and all that. So it's, it's uh, that's interesting. Well, what, what a lot of fun. I just love this uh, uh, hour. You've been so generous with your time. What is in the future for Bill Cartwright? Well, you know what, this is the kind of weird thing for me is that uh, I've never really looked for a job. I've kind of always had one. Uh, you know, I kind of uh, went to USF. That was kind of uh, where I was kind of led to and got drafted by the Knicks, got traded to uh, uh, the Bulls. Uh, had the best deal to go to Seattle, came all the way back. Led back again to the Bulls. I got asked to go to Jersey. I got asked to go to Phoenix. I got asked to go to to uh, Japan and Mexico. Came all the way back and then kind of uh, uh, ended up back at USF uh, through some other uh, coincidences. So, um uh, you know, this this is uh, I'm 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 always hoping for something really really great because I think that's what I got planned. I think that's what's planned for me, and uh, I just want to be ready for it when uh, when it does happen, whatever it is. Well, Bill, what a great uh, chat! Learned so much talking to you about your career and basketball and so many subjects, and I really appreciate you coming on the Sports Untold podcast. Well, thank you so much. Uh, like I said, I've been really very fortunate. Uh, uh, I'm pleased that you have me on. I'm, uh, and by the way, I do have my own podcast. Uh, oh, great, great. I don't, I don't know if Bill Hogan told you that, uh, but it is The Bill Cartwright Show. Love it. And it's on uh, it's on YouTube, and uh, I've had a lot of players on. Great. Um, I can't wait to listen to it. I didn't know you had your own podcast. Right. Yeah, check it out. As a matter of fact, I, I, I have the great Bill Hogan on my show. Great. I love it. Love it. I, I look forward to listening. I'm glad you mentioned that to uh, to, to my listeners. Uh, well, great, Bill. All the best. And let's you and I stay in touch. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks. 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 Thank you. Let me do. Absolutely. Let me just do a great job. You take care. Thanks, Bill. Bye-bye.